This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, Buccaneer fans, what can I tell you? What can I say that will make this any better? Or should we just say, hey, we have to go through it, just like the Buccaneers did on Sunday with a blowout loss to the Bears, and then move on? I promise you this, there will be better days ahead for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday, not one of them at Soldier Field. Welcome in. It is another edition of our Nothing But Bucks podcast. I am your mostly capable host. And um, and look, I, I could come in here and try to spin this. I could come in here and try to tell you that really it wasn't as bad as it looked at Soldier Field Sunday as Mitch Trubisky threw not one, not two, but five first-half touchdown passes. But I'm not ever going to do that. I'm not ever going to come in here and try to tell you that what you saw, what you witnessed, what you heard on Buccaneers Radio, what you've now read about in the uh, subsequent hours, couple of days after this game, is any different because I say so. It was bad. It was blowout bad on Sunday. And I, I have to be honest with you, it was completely unexpected by me and everybody else just from the standpoint that Chicago is not the high-powered offense that New Orleans is. They don't they don't have great players at all the skill positions like, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they have Le'Veon Bell there to go along with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, etc. And look, I know that the Steelers were winning 30-10 to 10 at halftime. And that game, I said this last week on Nothing But Bucks, that game could have become a similar blowout. But the Bucks scrapped and battled and fought their way back and scored 17 second-half points and had the ball late in the game and made a game of it. This one, reminiscent of like a Mike Tyson 1980s first-round KO. It, it was basically done. At 38-3 at the half, you could have wrapped it up and said, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. So I, I can't sugarcoat that. I, I can't make you think that what you saw, what you witnessed didn't happen. It did happen. And it's a shame for a team that's got a lot of talented football players that they got that disheveled, that confused, that far back on their heels that they allowed, again, a Bears team, not with the high-powered weapons that you would expect from a lot of the the more important, the better NFL teams of the last few years, but it's, it's guys like Tariq Cohen, a, a young scat back. It's Taylor Gabriel, an afterthought free agent, another smaller wide receiver. Allen Robinson, a cast-off veteran from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trey Burton, who signed as a free agent, a tight end that used to play for the Philadelphia Eagles and was part of that Philly special secret trick play that they ran in the Super Bowl. Burton's the one that threw the pass to the quarterback, Nick Foles. He signed as a free agent with the Bears, but... Hardly anybody in the NFL looked at that move and said, ooh, Chicago's going to be a playoff or Super Bowl contender because Trey Burton is there. Nobody's looking at Mitch Trubisky, who in his career had more interceptions than touchdowns coming into Sunday's game and said, ooh, Chicago's going to be an 11-12 win team because of Mitch Trubisky. He was the 31st ranked quarterback in the National Football League coming into this game. So there was no, my point is there was no indication here. And don't, don't act like you saw this coming in any form or fashion. Maybe Chicago was going to win the game, but not this convincingly, not this handily. I mean, if anything, you would look at Breeze and the Saints and how good they are, how good they were last year, how good they traditionally are, how good they are again this year. Playing at home 
in the home opener, getting off to the start they did. And I said this on the Nothing But Bucks podcast recapping that Saints game. When they scored that first touchdown and there were 70,000 people going berserk and waving those white flags, you're looking around going, man, if this goes badly for Ryan Fitzpatrick on the first series or two, if you have a three and out, an interception, something like that happen, and the Saints get up 14-0, 17-0, this has got blowout written all over it. That's what made week one so incredible. When Fitzpatrick reversed that 7 nothing deficit with a brilliant first half, nothing short of brilliant 400-yard, five-touchdown game, it was incredible. That could have been a blowout in game one. It was not. This one became a blowout because, unfortunately, Fitzpatrick and the offense couldn't keep up in the first half. So uh, this one was a mess. We're not going to dwell on it for a long amount of time. Yes, there are some highlights. Uh, there were some low lights as well. We'll mix in a couple. We'll get you some post-game interviews, and then the Buccaneers get ready to head to the bye week. We'll give you a few more updates just here as we set the table on the podcast. Now, I I will make mention, some of you are aware of this, and thank you for those that have reached out, social media, and I had a lot of people uh, contact me, uh, text message, email, have seen me to talk. I'll give you you a perfect personal story. This is what you get on Nothing But Bucks. On Monday morning, I am out with the family dog at the dog park because the dog needed some exercise, and I was gone to Chicago on Saturday and Sunday, obviously, for the game. And at the dog park, There were Buccaneer fans that were there, and one of them said, I heard you yesterday on the radio calling the game. Yes, that is correct. Mean Gene Deckerhoff, the Hall of Famer, 30 years of the booth for the Bucs calling play-by-play, could not get into Soldier Field in time for the beginning of the game, so I was there to call the beginning of the game, so you will hear highlights with my voice on them including the Bears' first touchdown here at the beginning of this one when we go to the highlights in a few moments. So, uh, thank you for those that have reached out. Yes, I have play-by-play in my background. For those of you that did not know this or realize this, I have done major college football and uh, and basketball for the better part of 20-plus years, former voice of the University of South Florida Bulls basketball program, have done national play-by-play of college basketball, college football, conference championship games, conference tournament games across college basketball, have done golf play-by-play for Sirius XM. I feel like I'm, I'm doing a job interview right now on Nothing But Bucks. I'm just telling you, I've had the chance to do play-by-play. Now, golf play-by-play is totally different for PGA Tour Radio, which I've done on Sirius XM, because there you're very reserved like this. Tiger Woods for birdie on 16. Gets ready to line this putt up. It's rolling down the hill. It's heading to the hole, and it's in for Tiger. That's golf play-by-play. So I've done that as well. So uh, anyway, uh, we got through the first part of this game with Dave Moore and I on the call, and Gene joined Dave as the game wore on, and unfortunately the calls and the highlights were no better for him as things went about it. So let's go ahead and uh, and live through it one more time. And look, the Bears were able to open it up right away, and here was the big play, speaking of Trey Burton, to him that gave them the early lead. And Howard off the play action here. Trubisky looking long down the right sideline. He's got a receiver there, and it's caught for a touchdown. Touchdown Chicago in the right corner of the end zone by Trey Burton, the former hero of the Philadelphia Eagles, a defender fell down, and Burton was by himself. Dave Moore for six. Again, that's a 39-yard touchdown pass from Trubisky to Burton, and Justin Evans was in coverage 
as the safety and fell down there on that right sideline. So Burton's touchdown did give Chicago the 7-0 lead. And I, you know, I made mention that for the Bucs, they settled down a little bit after that defensively. Yes, on offense, they had a three and out, but the defense then rose to the occasion when the Bears got the ball back. And uh, the defensive line in particular was creating trouble for Trubisky, including right here. Third and seven, the Bears need their own 44. Bucks showing a little pressure up the middle as Trubisky out of the shotgun takes the snap, drops back. Here comes the rush. He's under pressure, and down he goes. Jason Pierre-Paul in the backfield with the sack, and the Buccaneers celebrate and force the punt. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul looking good with yet another sack off of that defensive line, so they force the Bears to punt. You're in good shape at the moment at 7-0, but then unfortunately... Uh, the Bucks' offense just could not sustain. They did pick up a couple of first downs and had to punt the ball away. That's when Chicago took back over. Gene took over with the play-by-play calls. And then the Bears' 73-yard drive was capped off right here. Here's the snap. Empty backfield. A pass in toward the end zone. is caught. Touchdown, Chicago Bears. Allen Robinson with a perfectly thrown ball from Mitch Trubisky. And the Bears are up 13 to nothing. Allen Robinson's 14-yard touchdown catch made it 14 to nothing. And I can tell you from the sideline at this point, I got down there at the sideline, you could tell Gerald McCoy was getting all over his teammates, trying to implore them to focus in, to lock in, and be ready for when they got back out on the field. And then the Buccaneer offense finally began to click, including, we've seen this several times already, the deep ball down the field to Deshaun Jackson. Fitzpatrick takes the snap, drops seven steps, looks upfield, throws upfield. He's got Deshaun at the 45 to the 40, to the 35 to the 30. Got a blocker downfield. Deshaun knocked out of bounds at the Chicago Bear. 18-yard Deshaun Jackson with a great gain on a perfect throw from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jackson with the catch and run that ended up being 48 yards on that play. Eventually, it would lead to the Chandler Canton zero field goal to put the Bucks on the board from 30 yards out. Not a touchdown like they would have hoped for, but instead a field goal of 30 yards cut the lead to 14-3. And at that point, you're in the game. It's 14-3. The Bears have taken the opening kickoff and scored. You knew you were going to get the ball to start the second half. You're in the second quarter. You're in the game. But this is where the avalanche, if you will, would start. And Trubisky and the Bears offense marched down the field, four plays, 77 yards, and eventually Tariq Cohen caught a nine-yard touchdown. The Bucks end up giving the ball back again, and then uh, Trubisky again with another lightning-quick four-play drive, including this touchdown. Play action fake, Trubisky dips the shoulder, throws a wide-open receiver, touchdown is fourth of the game. Wide open, Chicago Bears, Josh Bellamy. He dipped the shoulder, the Buccaneers secondary bit, and wide open at the five-yard line, he could have tiptoed into the end zone. That went from 20 yards out, and you looked up, and it was 28-3 to before you could spell Trubisky at Soldier Field. They added another touchdown on the trick play with the two quarterbacks in the game. The backup quarterback, Chase Daniel, came in and stood beside Trubisky in shotgun formation. Taylor Gabriel took the pitch, ran it in. He scored. Uh, just a bad, bad first half. The Bears added a field goal and made the game 38-3 at halftime. The uh, the record for the most points scored by the Chicago Bears in the first half of any game. 38 points for them at halftime. 
Um, and they were rolling. Trubisky set a Bears record with the five touchdown passes in half number one. As you probably know by now, Jameis Winston had been activated off of his suspension, his three-game suspension from the NFL. He was available, and Coach Dirk Cutter chose to put Jameis into the game in the second half in the 38-3 to uh, situation. Uh, the coach talked after the game about this. We'll play his comments in a little bit here on Nothing But Bucks. Jameis tried to get something going for the Buccaneers, uh, but unfortunately, Khalil Mack, how good is that guy? Rushing the quarterback yet again through four games. You can make a case that Khalil Mack might be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year and maybe even the league MVP. He looks like the Defensive Player of the Year. He may be the most valuable player right now in the NFL, the way that the Bears are playing and the way that he's playing, including this pressure here on Jameis Winston in the third. Winston under center. Play action fake, drops a little. Well, his arm is hit as the ball sails. It's intercepted on the 30-yard line. Picked off by a linebacker in coverage, and the tackle missed. It's still alive down the near sideline, and finally brought down by Donovan Smith. Yeah, that ball got batted up in the air as Winston's arm was hit by Mack coming around the end. It's an interception. It was the second Buccaneer turnover to that point of the day. So just a frustrating afternoon. Finally, the Bucs were able to get some offense going as... Uh, Jameis Winston was able to put together a couple of completions, including this one over the middle to a hard-working Chris Godwin. Shotgun formation. Rodgers, a sidecar to his left. Bucks move left to right, trailing 45-3. to Here is the snap. Winston looks, looks, throws a ball. Paul caught ball inside the 20-yard line. Godwin is nailed at the 15-yard line. Well, Winston waited and waited and waited. We could see from right behind the angle he was throwing, and he threw a dart to Godwin. Godwin's catch got the Bucks in the red zone, and then eventually the guy that's been one of Jameis' favorite targets in the red zone throughout his career over the last four seasons is Cameron Bray. First down 10 at the Bear 16-yard line. The snap to Winston out of the gun, looking, going to his right. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Cameron Bray's got the TD. 16-yard touchdown was the only one of the day for the Bucs. And you know you know it's problems when you look up at the scoreboard and your first touchdown of the day in the fourth quarter cuts the lead to 45-10. to that, that was it. 45-10, and basically the two teams played out the final two or three series of the game. A lot of running, and it was done. Chicago, a very impressive third straight victory, handing the Bucs a second consecutive loss. With the final score as lopsided as anyone in the series, one other time the Bears had beaten the Bucks by 34 points. That was in 1984. The Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, Mike Singletary, uh, Monsters of the Midway, Richard Dent, Gary Fincic, uh, who else? The Fridge, all of those guys in and around the Chicago Bears at that time, Willie Galt. They beat the Buccaneers badly in 1984, and this one was equally as bad at Soldier Field on Sunday, finishing 48-10. to Trubisky did have a second-half touchdown pass, his sixth, which was the most going all the way back to the 1940s, the second most in Bears history. Sid Luckman threw seven touchdowns in a Bears game in the 1940s. They had another quarterback throw for six touchdowns in a game, in the 40s, and Trubisky matched that on Sunday, the former number one pick out of North Carolina. And look, they were playing that Bear Down Chicago Bears song over and over and over again on the PA speakers and through the video boards as the Bears won and won impressively 
on Sunday. All right, so let's move on to the postgame conversation. Again, this was not pretty for the Buccaneers' offense in specific. Ryan Fitzpatrick nor Jameis Winston could really get anything sustained. Again, Winston's touchdown drive came in the fourth quarter with the issue long decided at 45-3. to Final stats for Fitzpatrick and Winston. Fitzpatrick, twenty or uh, 9 of 18, 126 yards and an interception. Jameis Winston, 16 of 20. He did have that touchdown to Brady. He did have two interceptions through another one again a little bit later on in the game. So both quarterbacks were with me on our Hooters postgame show on Buccaneers Radio. Uh, we started first with the veteran. Well, a tough one here. 48-10 is our final, and Ryan Fitzpatrick stands here uh, with us. I don't know where to begin on uh, on this one today. It was rough out there today. Uh, do you just credit the Bears for the start and then what they built on after that? Yeah, I think you have to give them a lot of credit. They, they played hard. Uh, obviously a very good football team, but things just went bad for us early and just snowballed. And so, you know, we can't let that happen as a team and got to find a way to fix it. Did they do anything differently than what you had seen or what you expected? Or again, do you just give them some credit because they did what they normally do well? Yeah, they, they didn't do anything unexpected from what we saw uh, defensively, but they do it really well. They've, they've got guys that are very good up front. They're real stout, and they, they played a good game. Obviously, once they have scored a couple of times, how much does that change what you're trying to do, or did you stick with a lot of the plan in that first half despite the big deficit, Ryan? Well, it was we just had a hard time staying on the field you know, with the three and outs and getting anything going. So when you can't get in a rhythm as an offense, that makes it tough, and uh, you know that was the issue in the first half. Ryan, thank you. All right, thanks. Uh, Jameis Winston is uh, here and available to us for just a moment. I wish it was a better circumstance that we were talking to you here on this one, but you did see your first action uh, of the season there in that second half. I know you haven't seen tape, but what was it like to be out there, and and how did things go at least for some of the second half? It was just good to be out there and competing with the guys. Uh, These guys fought their tail off. And uh, it was just good to be back. In terms of the Bears, do you just, as I was saying to Ryan, have to give them credit for the start and the way they built on it? Yeah, they just have a, uh, they got a good defense. Uh, their offense came out and played well today. Uh, so we just got to get back in the drawing board and bounce back. Okay, Jameis, thank you. Thank you. And look, folks, I'll be the first one to tell you when you go in that locker room on the postgame show after a blowout loss like this, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, Nobody's really wanting to talk. And I do say thank you to the quarterbacks that were standing there with me. I say publicly thank you here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast to William Golston, veteran defensive lineman who's uh, been been platooning both as a defensive end and as a defensive tackle. He was out there trying to slow down the Bears and stop them. They just did not have some answers. Here's the veteran Will Golston after the game yesterday. Kind of sent the same thing to both Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you just credit the Bears on a day like today where they get off to the hot start and they built on it, Will? Uh, well, we got to give credit to their defense. Their defense outplayed our defense. Uh, they came up with turnovers and they stopped it, stopped the run in the past. In terms of Trubisky, um, it was the first time on the field for a lot of the guys on this defense against him. What did he do well? What were you not doing well enough in that first half? Um... We just didn't make the play when we needed to make the play, and he made the play when he had the opportunity. And the key is you got to get off the field, and then the offense has got to put something together, and it just it did not work in tandem, did it, in that first half? Uh, we came into the game wanting to stop the run, attack the ball, and be good on our details. Like I said, they just made the plays that came to them. Okay, well, thank you. All right, no problem. 
again, the final numbers are staggering what Chicago was able to do in this contest. And I, I don't know that anybody really believed that they were going to see that kind of a one-sided affair, but it was. Trubisky, 354 yards passing, the six touchdowns, a 154 quarterback rating. Chicago didn't even have to run it that much. Uh, Tariq Cohen finishing with 13 carries, 53 yards. Jordan Howard, 11 carries, 25 yards. So the Bears running backs, 24 carries, 78 yards. That didn't matter. I mean, the pass yards were the story of the game. Cohen had 121 yards receiving on seven catches. Taylor Gabriel, a little speedy, Again, slot receiver, befuddled the Bucks. seven catches, 104 yards. Too much Chicago pass game offense in specific, and it ends up being 48-10. The head coach, Dirk Cutter, was with me afterwards. He did not have a lot to say, but he took full responsibility for what happened at Soldier Field on Sunday. 48-10, this one ends uh, here at Soldier Field. And, Coach, I know we talked to you at halftime that it was not good and it did not get much better in the second half. What did the Bears overall just do well today that you didn't keep up with? Well, they did, they did everything, everything better than us. I mean, we didn't, we didn't do one thing well today in any aspect. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't play or coach good enough. I mean, that's just, that's just unacceptable across the board. And uh, you got to give the Bears credit for the plays they made. But, you know, we just gave them no resistance. In terms of Trubisky, I know you've not seen Coach's tape, but he was not only athletic, but he was also very accurate at finding guys down the field, right? Yeah, I mean, he looked like Joe Montana out there today. I mean, we didn't, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't get to him other than one time early in the game with JPP, and we, we certainly couldn't cover him was one of the problems you were trying to get some things obviously adjusted but you couldn't put a drive together the defense is back on the field and then they're making a big play again yeah absolutely i mean you, you know if it we had a we played a shootout game earlier this year against the saints and so uh it was one thing that we couldn't stop them but then it was another thing that we were going three and out on offense same thing uh, that you've not seen coaches tape. You did have Jameis Winston come into the game in the second half. How did you thought? Uh, how did you think he did with the time that you were able to see him there in the second half? Yeah, I told I talked to Jameis and to Fitz at halftime, and we, we put Jameis in a terrible situation today for his first time back to to go in with the score like that. But at the same time, uh, based on the situation we're in, where Jameis was out for three weeks. Uh, even even if it's down like that, I felt like getting him some time against a real defense from a timing standpoint because we're going to be off for the next two weeks, a week by week, and then a week. I thought that would be beneficial for our team in the long run. So, uh, again, I, I put Jameis in a horrible spot. I thought he did in there. He went in there and, and did the best he could. That's all you could ask of him. You kind of read my mind about going into the bye week. Uh, Ronald Jones and Vita Vea, two of your top draft picks, also saw their first action today. I'm, I'm sure it's along the same lines. It was good to see them out there some and get some live action, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we had three rookies uh, make their debut today and our first two draft picks. And, uh, you know, this we needed to get them out there and get them playing. But, you know, you never in a million years expect expect the game to go to go like this. That was that just not not good enough in any aspect. Coach, thank you. All right. Again, it's kind of a theme here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. What more can you say about this one other than it was a blowout from beginning really to end? I mean, you know, midway through the first quarter, it's seven nothing. Bucks had the ball. You're in the game. Even when they got the two touchdowns, you drive down and get the field goal. It's 14-3. But from there, from there on, as I asked the coach, you just you didn't have time to adjust on the sideline with young guys in the secondary. Isaiah Johnson. I know you you keep hearing me say this. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just telling you the truth. 
I mean, Isaiah Johnson is a former undrafted free agent. Justin Evans in his second year. Those guys trying to play safety. MJ Stewart, Carlton Davis, they are rookies out there with the veteran Brett Grimes. And they were lost yesterday in coverage. A lot of this game with receivers running wide open. And, and credit the Bears and uh, Matt Nagy, their coach, for exposing it. Their first-year coach who comes out of that Andy Reid lineage of the of kind of the West Coast offense and a lot of misdirection plays and rollouts and bootlegs, and Trubisky's got some mobility. Give Chicago credit because they wore the Bucks out and took advantage of some young, inexperienced defensive backs being confused and out of position. So 48-10 ends up being the final score uh, in this one, and obviously a not, a, not a whole lot more than you could say that, than what we've already said. Bears blowout, Buccaneers now at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The only good news, the only saving grace here is you go into the bye week with a couple of wins, and you've got a chance to regroup, and you've got the whole season still in front of you. We don't know, no one knows, until the head coach decides, along with offensive coordinator Todd Munkin and the organization, what they're going to do at quarterback. Will Jameis Winston start in a couple of weeks against the Atlanta Falcons? Remains to be seen. Will you go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starter and say to Jameis Winston one more time, be ready? Be ready as the second-string quarterback here in the event that we need you due to injury or poor play? I I don't know what they're going to do. I know that what happened on Sunday was not Ryan Fitzpatrick's main fault or main problem. Yes, they couldn't move the ball on offense, but also once the game became 21-3 or 28-3, you become a one-dimensional team. You are almost in some ways like a target, like a sitting duck for the Bears in that pass rush, and that's what the game became from the second quarter on. Pin the ears back and go get after the Bucks and the offense, and uh, it was just not good. So in the end, 48-10, Chicago is victorious. Buccaneers will come back and play the Atlanta Falcons in a couple of weeks on October the 14th. We'll return back home with the Cleveland Browns on October the 21st. So after the bye week, a road game with Atlanta, and then Baker Mayfield, all things being equal, he's still the quarterback, the rookie. If he's not benched, if he's not injured, it should be Baker Mayfield of the Browns who lost a wild game with the Oakland Raiders 45-42 to in Oakland on Sunday in overtime. They'll be the home opponent. For Atlanta, they were beaten in upset fashion by Cincinnati at home, and the Falcons, you look up on the scoreboard for them, and they are 1-3. So as much as you want to bemoan the Buccaneers on the Nothing But Bucks podcast for being 2-2, two and two, Atlanta is 1-3 at the moment after their defeat. And how about Atlanta now has lost five straight times at home to an AFC team. Over the last three seasons, the AFC has owned Matt Ryan and the Dirty Birds uh, again as Cincinnati gets the win on Sunday. So Atlanta will be the, the next opponent in two weeks. Buccaneers will go to the bye week try to heal up some injuries. There's a report that O.J. Howard, who went out in the first half of the game, has a sprained left knee, may or may not be able to play the week of the Atlanta game, may or may not be able to be back for the Cleveland Browns game. We'll find out. He's obviously one of the weapons the Buccaneers are counting on, if that's the case. Again, who's the quarterback going to be, and can the Buccaneers rectify some things, especially in the secondary, to be better than that? You've got to be better than that. The Buccaneers were better than that in the Eagles game and also to a degree in the second half of the Steelers game. So you've got to go get it corrected. Do your best on that front. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My thanks, as always, to Steve Carney, who's the uh, the executive uh, producer on game day behind the scenes for all of the game broadcast. He's there punching all of the buttons, uh, making sure that we have all of the highlights, all of the interviews. Gene and Dave on the calls there on the radio, and Ronnie and John Gilmore in the studio on Buccaneers Radio and the radio network and the mobile app. 
So again, thanks to Steve for getting me everything that I need. Thanks to Jeff Ryan and everybody else involved with Buccaneers Radio. Again, uh, we will not have a podcast next week because there is no Buccaneer game during the bye week. We'll come back with the Nothing But Bucks podcast after the game with the Atlanta Falcons in a couple of weeks. Mercedes-Benz Stadium will be the site. We'll see what happens for that showdown in the NFC South on the road. The Bucs already with an NFC South road win against New Orleans. Can they get another one? Who will that quarterback be? The controversy heats back up over the next couple of weeks. The intrigue, we may, we may not find out until the day of the game. Stay tuned for that. Again, thanks for being with us. Here is part of Nothing But Bucks from Buccaneers Radio, Buccaneers.com, and the mobile app. I'm TJ Reeves. Take that bye week off and be ready to scream and holler for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you've been listening to the Nothing But Bucks podcast.